want to share with you a post-resurrection story from the Gospel of Luke. Um, you will reckon, a lot of you will recognize this story as uh, the story from the road to Emmaus, beginning at verse 13. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. As they talked and discussed with each other everything that had happened, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. But they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, Are you only a visitor to Jerusalem and do not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things? he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our ruler handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. We had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what's more, it's the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. He said to them, how foolish you are and how slow of heart to believe all the prophets have spoken. Did not the Christ have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? Beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. They returned at once to Jerusalem and found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, It is true, the Lord has risen. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, happy Easter to you. We're still in the Easter season. It's the third Sunday of Easter and the resurrection is still worth celebrating particularly in Easter season, but always. So have you seen some of those TV shows or those infomercials that you kind of end up watching and wonder why? <laughs> um, they do something amazing with somebody. It might be they have a story about weight loss or skin care or makeup or a wardrobe change or new hairstyles or something. And when they finish all those things, there's always a picture before and a picture after because that's what tells the story and it's what makes us watch things that we wonder why we watched them. The story of the two men on the road to Emmaus is one of those stories with a before and an after. 
The before is described in some of the verses from the scripture we read. They stood still, their faces downcast. A little later they said, Our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. Luke tells us that the travelers were talking about and discussing the things that had happened. The original language used here implies that they were not only talking, they, in essence, were examining evidence together. It was as if they were trying to convince themselves that they had seen enough evidence to justify the hope they had right up to the end. The Bible uses the phrase, we had The tense of that original language there suggests continuous or ongoing action, perhaps because it was taking them numerous attempts to convince themselves of what had really happened and they had not arrived at a helpful understanding to the unsettling events of that weekend. Here's their situation. They had hoped for something specific, the redemption of Israel which in Hebrew terms meant the military and political domination of Israel, the overthrow of Roman rule and victory over all their enemies. This was a long-held hope for the nation of Israel and for the coming of the Messiah. And they had hoped that Jesus was going to be that Messiah but their hopes had been destroyed because things didn't happen the way they hoped they would. And because what they had hoped for didn't happen the way they wanted it to, things didn't happen the way they wanted them to, they pretty much melted into a puddle of hopelessness and are barely able to walk the journey back home. You ever had an experience like that? You had something major in mind that you were really hoping for? Maybe a new job or something related to finances. Maybe healing or a recovery process for someone who's been ill or suffering. Maybe the resolution of a situation that's been a constant source of trouble or conflict. You prayed intensely for what you hoped would happen but it just didn't happen the way you hoped. That's where these two disciples on the Emmaus Road were. They had lost their hope. We had hoped, that was their phrase. It's the kind of phrase you might hear in difficult situations. We had hoped. Maybe you hear it from a family when they're packing up the things they had brought for a family member who's spent weeks in ICU. We had hoped, but then they go home alone and heartbroken. You might hear this phrase when addictions return or when jobs go away. We had hoped. 
that didn't happen that way. The past tense verb indicates things did not go as we wanted them to. And for those two that day, now they feel like there's nothing, nothing they can do about it. Most of us would rather hear future tense words used instead of past tense. We like it when families are able to say something like, he will be okay. Things will be better soon. Someday before too long, things will get back to normal. Even when we're the one who's trying to lift up or comfort someone else, it does us good to hear the hope that seemed to come with future tense verbs. These disciples on the road that day weren't there yet. They had invested all their hope in something specific. They knew what they hoped for and they hoped for it with all their hearts. They were genuine. They were sincere. They could picture it all in their minds just the way they imagined it would go. But what they hoped for simply had not happened, at least in their experience to this point. They had real hope, but it was perhaps misguided hope, misinformed in some way. Their hope was for something, but that something was not to be, at least not yet. They had real hope, and their hope was not realized. They were so distraught that the something they had hoped for wasn't happening. That they were about to miss what was happening. And what was happening was amazing, miraculous. I wonder if we can find ourselves in situations like that occasionally. Can we hope? for something specific and when it doesn't happen the way we hope for can we then miss out on all kinds of other things that God might be doing in the meantime these men had finally had the experience that took them to the after in the before and after story now it's the after time they had spent time with Jesus Walking along the road, discouraged, hopeless, not realizing it was him at that point. Then the story tells us Jesus revealed himself to them and everything changed. They went from a before of hopeless and discouraged to an after of excitement and joy and renewed hope. We know that because of their response. The Bible tells us they had just walked several miles home, getting there shortly before dark, and they get up and they're hurrying back those several miles to Jerusalem again. They had to get back there and say, we've seen him, he really is alive, just like the women said. Their hope was restored. Or perhaps maybe we ought to think of it as a new hope. 
Because the one who was in the tomb yesterday is alive today. What a cause for hope. Something had changed in the process of their hope being made new. Before the crucifixion of Jesus, their hope was for something. Something specific. The redemption of Israel. After they experienced the resurrected Christ and their hope was restored, it seems that the focus of their hope changed. Whereas before their hope was for something, now their hope was in someone, the risen Christ. There's a huge difference in hoping for something and hoping in someone, especially when that someone is the risen Lord. Hope for something is about specific occurrences. It may be about our choice, our wants, our desires. Maybe even about our control being exercised in that choice. Hope in someone, the Lord, is not about us as much as it is about Jesus. It's about trusting Jesus, trusting in Jesus. It's about giving up our control, our wants, our desires, and placing our hope and our trust in the Lord, hoping in Him rather than hoping for something. When we do that, we open ourselves up to whatever God wants us to wants to do in us, for us, through us. And if things don't happen the way we hope they will. Through our hope in the Lord, we can still trust God for the best. As God begins to work, sometimes in unexpected ways, then we won't miss out because the something we hoped for didn't happen the way we hoped. Instead, we experience something God hopes for us rather than what we had hoped for ourselves. These disciples from Emmaus that we read about experienced a totally new type of hope. Once they fully understood that Jesus was risen and they understood what that was going to mean, hope for something can be disappointed when our hopes aren't realized according to our wishes. Hope in someone, the risen Christ, will never disappoint. Hope in Christ places Christ in control. It places our hope firmly in the one who is able to meet our needs through abundant love, grace, and power. The same power that had just raised Jesus from the dead when these two encountered him on that road to Emmaus. So, two weeks after Easter 2021, what are we doing with the reminder that we serve a risen Savior. What do we do with that truth that, we, that now impacts our lives because He lives? Are we currently experiencing hope that comes in the presence of the risen Christ in our lives as an after? impact of the resurrection? Or are we kind of feeling like this is one of those 
before kind of times in which we could use some of that spiritual reality we call hope. We all go through those times. And it's okay. Where are we this morning, two Sundays past Easter? Has our hope in the Lord been renewed in some way, having celebrated the risen Christ again this Easter season? Or are we still waiting to, to experience the full impact of Easter and the hope it brings in the resurrected Savior, but we're still stuck in a, a before kind of time? If you need hope today because of, of heartaches or disappointments, uncertainties in life, faith that's struggling or just trouble carrying on with life every day. Or if you need to refocus hope, I encourage you this morning to place your hope in the risen Lord in a fresh new way beginning again today. The resurrection of Christ is the ultimate sign, the ultimate promise of hope from God. Now I know we can't always feel hopeful. But hope is more than a feeling. Hope is a spiritual reality based on our faith in the risen Lord. Based on trust, much more than on feelings. Hope is a gift of God poured out on those who seek and trust God, regardless of our feelings regardless of our circumstances. So if you're going through a time where you don't so much feel hope like you wish you could, I encourage you to cling to the spiritual reality of hope even without feeling. Hope is not dependent on our feelings. Hope depends fully on Christ, our Lord, the risen one in whom we can trust. That hope and the resurrection itself is absolutely still worth celebrating a couple weeks after Easter. Still there to be experienced by all of us. Place your hope in the Lord again today through your prayers as we sing. If you need to pray for hope for yourself this morning, you're more than welcome to come and kneel here and pray. If you need someone to pray for you, Jeremy, I'd be glad to meet you there and pray with you. Maybe you want to come and pray for someone else right now who you know needs hope. You're more than welcome to do that. If you just can't muster up any hope, but would really like to, let's pray and ask God to pour out new hope in our lives today, freshly, again, this morning. If you have hope in someone, the Lord, share it with those around you. We always need stories of hope. Share your story of hope. 
and share your story of the one in whom you hope. Hope in someone, not for something. The one in whom we hope is faithful. Would you pray with me? Lord, we need you. We need you because sometimes hope is difficult to find. And we know we only find it in you. We need you because in those moments where our hope is strong, we're reminded it's because of you and we want to cling to you. Every day, every hour, we need you, Lord, to be our hope. When things we've hoped for, when circumstances we've hoped for disappoint us, we need you because hope in you is your gift to the people of God. You've given us hope. You've given us life. You've given us assurance. Our hope is in you. For us to experience that, whether in good times or difficult times, we need you. And we confess that need to you this morning in our prayers and as we sing together. All this we pray in Christ's name. Amen.